I'm Sarah Resnick. And I'm LaShawn Moore. And we are the hosts of the Weave Podcast, a project of the weaving yarn shop, Just Yarn and Fiber. Welcome to the 65th episode of the Weave Podcast. Want to know a quick way to make me and LaShawn really happy? Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Reviews and feedback help us keep making this show better, and they also help new people find the show. If you haven't left a review yet, we'd be oh so grateful if you took some time to leave one today. This episode is sponsored by Heddlecraft, a digital weaving magazine launched in January 2013 and designed for the hand weaver who knows how to weave and wants to know more. If you're looking for a new resource to deepen your weave-in knowledge, this is it. Heddlecraft is published six times a year, and a one-year subscription is $19.99. Each issue is based around a theme, which includes an educational article explaining the issues weave to help weavers understand how the weave is designed and woven. Following the educational article are the samples for the theme, primarily designed for the four- and eight-shaft weaver. Each issue is distributed directly to the subscriber's email account as a PDF, accompanied by the WIF files for weavers that use weaving software. Individual issues may also be purchased for $4.50. I strongly encourage you to go check it out. Visit www.heddlecraft.com for more info. Thank you to Heddlecraft for sponsoring this episode. This week, I'm talking to Jennifer Moore, an experienced weaver, teacher, and author. Jennifer's weaving has been widely exhibited for the past 30 years and has won awards throughout the United States and abroad. She holds a Master of Fine Arts in Weaving from the University of Oregon, where she specialized in exploring relationships between weaving, music, and mathematics in double-weave wall pieces. She is also the author of the much-beloved book, The Weaver's Studio Double Weave. Welcome to the podcast, Jennifer. I'm so happy to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here, too. Can you start out by introducing yourself and sharing how you found your way towards weaving? Sure. Um, I'm Jennifer Moore, and um, I live in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and I've been weaving for 42 years now. I started weaving when I was a senior in college, and I was working on getting a self-designed degree in biological illustration. And I was mostly studying drawing, printmaking, and calligraphy, but in my last year, I decided to take one uh, a class in each of the media in the art department, and one of them was a weaving class. So without really having any sense of what I was getting myself into, I signed up for this class, and as soon as I walked into the weaving room and saw the shelves of yarn, I just had this sense that I was coming home, that this was where I belonged. That's beautiful. And um, what what kind of loom did you first learn to weave on? And did you continue to have that sense as you were learning it? Well, actually, uh, in addition to studying art and biology, I was also getting a minor in pipe organ performance. And so when I got to sit down at a floor loom for the first time, it felt very familiar to me because it was very much the same kind of motions of working with my hands and stepping on foot pedals, except it was all in color. So um, that was a very magical experience for me. Wow. I can only imagine. Yeah. What's, how did you get interested in pipe organ playing? 
Well, I grew up playing the piano. I probably started playing piano when I was about five years old and continued studying piano through high school and into college. And I think it was my second year in college, I signed up for a pipe organ class. And I don't even remember the thought process that led me to that. But as soon as I got to play a pipe organ for the first time, I I found it just such a powerful and amazing experience that I continued on with it. Hmm. And how did your journey in weaving continue after that first class that you took? Um, After I finished my first weaving class and graduated from college, I spent a couple of years traveling around the world, uh, mostly living in Australia and New Zealand. And during that period of time, I wasn't able to do any weaving. But then I returned to Portland, Oregon, and I lived right around the corner from a community craft center And I signed up for every class they offered that related to fibers. So I took tapestry weaving and rug weaving and weaving theory and so on and so forth, spinning, knitting everything I could for a period of about six or eight months. And then I moved to Santa Barbara, California, and took a weaving class or two through adult ed, but mostly wove on my own for a period of about 10 years. And during that period of time, I focused very largely on double weave, which has been my focus to a large extent throughout my weaving life. And in 1990, I decided that I wanted to go back to graduate school, and I found a program at the University of Oregon in Eugene, Oregon, and uh, spent the next three years working on a Master of Fine Arts in weaving. There's so much to dive into there. So um, my first question is, can you explain what double weave is to people who might not be familiar or who maybe only know sort of and want to know more? Yes. Double weave is weaving two layers of cloth at the same time on the loom, one above the other. And you can have these two layers be completely independent of each other. They can be connected on one selvage and open on the other to create a cloth that is twice as wide as what it was on the loom. They can be connected on both selvages to weave a tube. And then the two layers can be interwoven and exchanged with each other in a number of different ways, including hand pickup to create visual patterns. And who first taught you double weave and what was it that captivated you so much about it? Well, I actually first heard about double weave in my first weaving class that that there was such a thing, but I was too much of a beginner at that time to really go into it then. And then when I took a weaving theory class in Portland several years later, When we got to the section where we studied double weave, it was like this: these lights came on. I I understood right away how it worked, and it really captured my imagination. I didn't get a chance to weave it then, but then later when I moved to California, I actually taught myself how to weave double weave from a piece of paper. And um, Mm. it took me quite a while to sort it out, but eventually I did. 
And my journey in Double Weave has really been self-motivated and self-taught. Hmm. I'm curious if there's parallels to Double Weave and to the pipe organ that you were talking about earlier. Well, um, not necessarily Double Weave, but weaving in general. Um, one thing that I noticed right away when I started to weave was the similarity between the appearance of weaving threading drafts and musical notation. And also, when I was a pipe organ student, I was the only art major in the group of pipe organ students. And so I often got asked if I would draw something for the cover of programs for recitals and concerts. And one of the things that I loved about the pipe organ, aside from playing it and the music, was the banks of pipes, the rows of pipes, and how they graded in size, and just the physical arrangement of the pipes. And so I did a lot of drawings of that. And when I started working in double weave pickup and creating my own original designs, I started doing geometric designs that very much reflected this. And at first, this was subconscious. I wasn't doing it in a conscious way. But once I realized that that was exactly what I was doing, I started working with it very deliberately. Hmm. And how did you work with that deliberately? Tell me more about that. Well, uh, many of my double leaf pickup pieces are arranged in vertical warp bands. And just as pipe organ pipes are, and the designs that I pick up have shapes that reflect that and that grade in their imagery and size, just like pipe organs do. Can you explain what double weave pickup is? Yes. Um, it is, you have your two layers of cloth and they are different colors from each other. And most frequently, one of my layers will be a solid background color, and the other layer I will have a gradation of colors that may go across the entire spectrum or perhaps just a segment of the color spectrum. And so what I end up getting is a multicolored design against a solid colored background. And so I have you have your two layers of fabric, of warp, and then you choose which threads you want to appear on the top surface and you get the reverse on the other side. So I draw these designs out entirely on graph paper and then I'm counting square by square of the graph paper to count the corresponding threads in the warp and bring to the top the ones that I want to see on the top surface of the cloth as I'm weaving it on the loom. I'm curious if you plan everything out ahead before you start weaving or if you plan out how you're going to do the warp, but then you create the design as you're going. Uh, well, <laughs> it's it's somewhat of an organic process. It kind of starts with an idea, an image that I have in my mind, and then from that, I get a sense of what I want my color spectrum to be. And I have, I work primarily in pearl cotton, and I've been collecting colors of pearl cotton for many years now. And so I have 
quite an array, an, a really nice supply, probably over 200 colors of pearl cotton. And I have in my house built-in shelves going down a hallway. And so I've got them all arranged by color. So I'll have a shelf of red, a shelf of green, and so forth. And I start pulling cones of yarn off the shelf and arranging them in a row and moving them around and trying different combinations out until I get a sequence that I'm happy with. And then once I have my color sequence, then I take out the graph paper and I start drawing my vertical columns that will represent warp sections and aligning those to fit the colors that I've chosen. And once I have my vertical columns laid out, then I start drawing my lines of design into that. Hmm. And then when you, so when you actually go to weave, you're following what you have on the graph paper? Yes. And it also serves as a layout plan for winding my warp. I've got my design on graph paper and I actually tape down maybe one inch ends of my colors onto that to where they fall in the warp. And I follow that as I'm winding my warp and counting the colors as I'm winding it. And then that goes onto my loom in that order. That's wonderful. And so do you only weave double weave? Is that what is like always captivating you? Or is that just what you primarily weave? Or I'm curious. It's been my primary focus for close to 40 years now, but I do weave other things as well. Um, I have woven many scarves and shawls over the years as something that I can sell and other things that just interest me along the way. But I feel that double weave has the most versatility of any weave structure that there is and I never get tired of working in it and exploring it. And so even after 40 years of working in double weave, I'm still continuously finding new approaches to it. And I don't think I'm ever going to run out of ideas. I love it. You mentioned you work a lot with pearl cotton. Are there other materials that you like to work with with double weave? Um, Yes, I do also work in silk, mostly um, space dyed silk. I work in bamboo. I work in tensile. I'm mainly working in uh, cellulose fibers. Mm. And in addition to weaving yourself so expertly, you also are a teacher. You've written books about double weave. You have videos with interweave. What is it um, that intrigues you about teaching? Mm. Well, um, I've been teaching for over 30 years now, and in the beginning, I was reluctant because uh, I wasn't comfortable in the role of being the expert and in the role of standing in front of a group of people and talking, but I got more comfortable with it as time went on, and I gained more experience, and I found that I really enjoyed the process of sharing my love of double weave and passing it on to students. And the more I do it, the more I love it. Uh, I, I find it so incredibly rewarding to share what I've learned in double weave and to see where my students go with it and to see them get excited as they understand how it works. 
And at this point in my life and career, I really feel that my work is as much about passing it on as it is about doing my own work. Hmm. I remember when I was learning double weave, I was just like scratching my head and couldn't get it and couldn't get it. And then something clicked and then it all made sense. But I don't remember what that something was, but I'm sure you've watched, you know, hundreds of students or many more get that click. And I'm curious, how do people click into it and how, what helps people understand it? Well, I actually think that that is one of my strengths is that I have an ability to look at a sequence, whether it's in numbers or a visual sequence, a series of steps, and see a pattern. And I think I've been able, because I've focused so much on double weave, to find ways of doing it, to setting up the loom, to setting up the treadles, Um, to notating the sequence that makes it very logical. And I think that it's not at all a difficult structure. It's actually a very simple and logical structure, but that the way that it is presented can obscure that logic. And what I've done is created a system where everything works together and is easy to see visually in the notation, what is happening in the weave structure. Hmm. And I find over and over again, I get students that say, well, I did double weave years ago, but I didn't really understand it. Or I kind of understood what I was doing at the time, but I don't understand it anymore. And once I present my system of doing double weave, people really get it. They say, ah, this makes perfect sense. I understand this now. And if people want to learn from you and learn your system, do you teach in person? Do you teach online? How can they learn from you? Well, I have my book on Mm -hmm. Double Weave, and an updated edition has just been released a couple months ago. I also travel extensively to teach workshops, mostly for guilds and also occasionally for conferences. So I'm out on the road probably a third of the time teaching workshops. And then I've also got a series of online courses through Interweave that people can access. That's great. And what kind of first project do you often get your students started with? Is it a sampler or? Yes, I have a sampler that can be set up on four shafts for two layers of plain weave where I teach a whole variety of techniques that can be done on one threading and one skeleton tie-up. And it also can be set up in two blocks on eight shafts. So on this one warp, you learn a huge variety of approaches and techniques that can be used in double weave. And that's a great beginning approach to double weave. But another one that is relatively new that I've just developed in the last couple of years is something that I call double rainbow, which is a systematic rotation of colors in the warp and in the weft. And it's a simple layer exchange between the two layers, but the two layers You can completely mix and match which two of your shafts are on the top and which two are on the bottom. And through this system, out of 
six colors, you end up getting 90 different color combinations. Mm. And then it can also be set up on HFs in two blocks, which ends up leading to literally unlimited combinations. And that's also a great way to learn because the basics of the technique are really straightforward and really lock in the understanding of how you create your two layers. But at the same time, you get this constantly changing um, visual feast of the colors interacting with each other. Hmm. That's great. Um, I'm wondering if we can go back and talk a little bit more about your music background. Mm -hmm. We talked about how it influenced you as an early weaver, but it sounds to me um, like it really continued to have an and continues to have an impact throughout your work and your life. And I'm curious, um, does being a weaver impact your you as a musician and vice versa? And um, how do you see those playing together? Well, um, I'm not sure if being a weaver influences my music so much other than what I like to listen to when I'm weaving. <laughs> because um, if I'm going to listen to music while I'm weaving, it depends on what I'm weaving and what part of the process I'm in. If I'm weaving something or threading my warp where I really need to concentrate and be counting, about all I can listen to is, say, Baroque instrumental music that no, no lyrics whatsoever, nothing to distract me from my counting. But if I'm weaving something that's very repetitive, um, let's say I'm weaving a, a scarf and it's a repetitive pattern and I just want to get a real good rhythm going, then I like to listen to rock and roll. So um, that's really the only way that I would say being a weaver affects my music. Um, I do still play keyboards, and I play with a group of women in a band, and uh, we meet every week and play together for a couple hours. Um, but I don't really – it's sort of a separate part of my life from my weaving. But as far as how music influences my weaving – I think I have a tiny bit of synesthesia where when I listen to music with my eyes closed, I tend to see colors and patterns. And those have often made their way into my double weave pieces. Hmm. And you write on your website that you learned about the field of sacred geometry in the 90s and that you've been exploring that ever since. And I'm really intrigued by that. Can you say what sacred geometry is and how you work with it? Yes. So when I was working on my master's thesis, I decided to explore relationships between weaving and music through their underlying mathematical structures because they both are built on a mathematical base. And in particular, my favorite composer for the pipe organ was Johann Sebastian Bach, and he wrote music in a very mathematical approach and incorporated a lot of mathematical patterns and puzzles into his work. And so I started exploring how those fields are connected. And I originally was inspired by a book that I found written by Douglas Hofstetter that was called Gödel Escher Bach, An Eternal Golden Braid, 
which explored the work of those three men in their different media of mathematics, music, and art. And through that, I saw that someone else saw these connections in this way, and that led me into other resources, and those led me into sacred geometry. And I'm always a little hesitant to use that term because of the connotations that it may have for people. But basically, what it is, is that uh, ancient people in ancient Greece, Egypt, and well before that, saw a sacred order, cosmic order to the universe, and studied the patterns and proportions that are found in nature at all different levels, and then incorporated those patterns and proportions into the buildings and artworks that they created. And Aspects of this include the Golden Proportion and the Fibonacci series, symmetry patterns, fractals, and so forth. And so these concepts have their correspondence in music as well as in visual design. So I see working with these concepts visually as an abstract way of exploring musical ideas. Hmm. What weaving projects are you dreaming up for this spring? Well, um, currently I'm actually very excited because, as I mentioned, I have this new process I'm working with that I call Double Rainbow. And I'm, most of the workshops that I'm teaching right now are in Double Rainbow. And it's working with a rotation of six colors and... I'm working with the yarn company Lunatic Fringe that makes um, they they make pearl cotton in various sizes and they have their yarns custom dyed and have a wonderful array of colors and we have been developing some custom kits for my workshop so that students can just call them up and order the double rainbow kit in the bright colors or in the light colors or in the tones and so forth. And simultaneously, Lunatic Fringe has their own spectrum of colors that they call the tubular spectrum. And this consists of 20 colors that go in a continuous circle. And I'm creating a series of projects that will be kits for Lunatic Fringe so I'm in the process of starting to weave some pieces that I will provide instructions for Lunatic Fringe, and they will then be able to provide these kits with the yarns and the instructions already made to go. So that's what I'm working on right now. So fun. It what is a great really project. fun. I'm sure your students are going to be thrilled. We're having a good time. Yes. So where can people go online and on social media to learn more about your work and your teaching and to get your book? Well, um, I have a website, which is www.doubleweaver.com. And I keep it as current as I possibly can with my teaching schedule. I'm afraid I'm pretty remiss on social media. I do have a Facebook page, but um, I'm pretty negligent. I rarely go to it. I don't 
post very often um, or check it very often. So um, I'm fairly behind the times when it comes to social media. I hear a lot of people talking about Instagram and how much they like that. So I'm actually considering taking a look at that. <laughs> but so far, I have to say that my website is the best place to find out about what I'm doing. Wonderful. And we will link to that in the show notes so people can easily get right there. Great. Thank you. Do you have any closing advice or words of wisdom for weavers out there? Basically, I would just say that if if this is your passion and this is what you're excited about, it, what you're excited about, just hang in there and stay with it and keep doing it. It, um, if you just stay with it, it, it develops and you grow stronger and stronger with it over time. It's something that you can never get to the end of, no matter how long you live, which is a very exciting thing. And it just gets better and better over time. Your ideas develop, your skills develop and correct persistence just stay with it and um, it's a very magical journey absolutely jennifer thank you so much for taking the time to talk on the podcast and share your story with me today thank you i've enjoyed very much talking with you thank you for having me i appreciate it that's a wrap to see photos of Jennifer's work and links to her book, check out the show notes at www.gistyarn.com episode 65. If Double Weave is new to you and you're having trouble picturing what Jennifer was talking about, I strongly encourage you to go check out her beautiful work. That's gistyarn.com episode 65. Thank you again to our podcast sponsors, Heddlecraft. Heddlecraft is a digital weaving magazine with the sole objective of sharing the passion for weaving. For more information about Heddlecraft, go to www.heddlecraft.com. And don't forget, if you are planning to leave us a review on the podcast, now's a great time to do so. Tune in next Monday for our next episode. And until next time, happy weaving!